0: Welcome to Music for Life, enhancing the Armstrong concert experience. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. In today's episode, we will explore Peter Tchaikovsky's most famous ballet, Swan Lake, in the lead-up to its performance by the Russian National Ballet at Armstrong Auditorium on January 29th. We will talk briefly about the ballet company coming to Armstrong and the history of this stage production in general, but we'll focus mainly on the ballet music itself as we go through a synopsis of the plot. So stick around as we enjoy Tchaikovsky's Lake of Swans today on Music for Life. Armstrong Auditorium is once again excited to present the quintessential Russian ballet, Swan Lake, performed by the Russian National Ballet itself. The Russian National Ballet Company was founded in 1989 as the Moscow Festival Ballet, under the direction of the famous dancer of the Bolshoi Theater, Sergei Radchenko, honored artist of Russia. This was during the transitional time known as Perestroika, when Russia was the USSR, and every entity was government-owned and operated. This first independent company of classical ballet began to develop rapidly and began a lot of touring in many countries. Radchenko had formed the group with dancers from from ...from the famous Marinsky Theatre in St. Petersburg... ...as well as the Bolshoi Ballet... ...one of the world's oldest ballet companies based in Moscow. Rodchenko was himself a former star of the Bolshoi Ballet... ...and along with his wife Elena, principal dancer... ...for both the Marinsky Theatre and the Bolshoi. They created an extra troupe... ...under the moniker of the Russian National Ballet Theatre. Now both troupes successfully work as the Russian National Ballet. With solid knowledge of classical ballet and character dance... Combined vast performance experience, a strong will, and infinite dedication to the art of ballet, the company gained notoriety, respect, and a following of audiences around the world. The tours are important to the company as this allows more exposure to classical Russian ballet, one of Russia's great cultural heritages as passed down through the ages. Thanks to its wide repertoire of famous ballet masterpieces, the high quality of its performances, the dancers, their costumes, the scenery, stage, and set design, and respect for the traditions of Russian ballet, the performances of the Russian National Ballet are enjoyed and praised by critics and audiences throughout the world. As one Los Angeles Times critic spoke of one of their performances, quote, "...a great school allows artists to brilliantly demonstrate their skills." Genuine joie de vivre, a combination of typical and classical dances, the Russians managed to ignite our coddled, spoiled audience. This we have seen for the first time." The company is known for preserving and presenting classical ballet in its purest form. The Rodchenkos have focused their company on upholding the grand national tradition of the major Russian ballet works, those mainly of the famed choreographer Marius Petipa. Petapa is the choreographer who staged Swan Lake, with music composed by Peter Tchaikovsky. Swan Lake was Tchaikovsky's classical ballet debut. The manager of the Russian Imperial Theaters commissioned it, and Tchaikovsky composed it in 1875. It premiered at the Bolshoi in 1877. The origins of the story for Swan Lake are a bit murky. Some say it's based off a Russian folktale called The White Duck. Some say it had to do with Tchaikovsky's admiration for a Bavarian king who had a white swan on his coat of arms. Others say the outline of the story is from a German folktale, The Stolen Veil. Besides that, Tchaikovsky took a few of the themes for the ballet from his opera Undine, based on a French story about water nymphs from the early 19th century. Tchaikovsky told composer Rimsky-Korsakov the reason why he took on the project, quote, I tackled this work partly for the sake of money, which I badly need, and partly because I've long been willing to have a try in this music genre, unquote. Tchaikovsky was a novice at writing ballets at this point, but he was about to change the genre. The initial debut of Swan Lake received less than exemplary reviews, however. From a dance standpoint, many believed Tchaikovsky's music for the ballet to be overcomplicated and hard to dance to, too symphonic. Tchaikovsky himself admitted the music was more like a symphony than a ballet. And though we're used to that kind of music with ballet today, it wasn't the precedent at the time. Besides that, many thought the original choreography was clumsy, likely due to the fact that the choreographers weren't accustomed to such music. The ballet didn't become the hit we know it to be today, until the legendary Marius Petipa, with the help of his assistant Lev Ivanov, reworked the choreography in 1895. That's the version most ballet companies perform today, but sadly Tchaikovsky had died two years previous to that. Swan Lake first premiered in America in 1940. It has two claims to fame in particular. The first is the impressive theme for the male dancer. Before Swan Lake, male ballet dancers didn't get huge heroic solo roles like this ballet's music provided. The second claim to fame is the coveted role of Odette slash Odile, usually played by the same prima ballerina, a virtuosic role to which many ballerinas aspire and which we will explain as we go through the plot. The ballet is in four acts, With two acts on each side of our concert's intermission The first act takes place at the garden of Prince Siegfried's castle Where there is a festive celebration Prince Siegfried has come of age and entered upon a new world of affairs Of war and the burdens of manhood It is the day for leaving behind the whims and caprice of youth Let's hear how Tchaikovsky sets up the opening of this story This is the first movement of Act One We'll be hearing a recording of Andre Previn Conducting the London Symphony Orchestra That was the London Symphony Orchestra under the baton of Andre Previn in a recording of Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake that we're hearing today. We just heard the first movement of the ballet, which portrays a celebration in the garden of Prince Siegfried's castle. As Act One unfolds, we see that this is a happy day for the prince, although touched by the anxieties of growing in responsibility. The prince's subjects come from far and wide to take part in these festivities. They confer upon him the sword and scepter of authority and pledge allegiance to their new ruler. The festivities continue, but the prince is overcome by a desire to be alone far from his guests. This leads into Act Two, which is by a wild and seemingly deserted lakeside. This is where the evil owl sorcerer Rothbart conceals the maidens he has changed into swans. Rothbart and his evil spell can be destroyed only if a young man falls truly and faithfully in love with the most beautiful of the swan maidens, Odette. But how can this happen with Rothbart ever alert and watchful over his captives? Suddenly the prince appears at the lakeside, his gaze alights on Odette, and he is transfixed, dazzled by her beauty, and overcome by the aura of evil in which she is entrapped. Rothbart tries to keep the swan maidens away from the prince To prevent an encounter between him and Odette But Siegfried follows the beautiful swan maiden The prince is completely overcome by the incomparable and exquisite delicacy of Odette And he promises to return and free her from the evil spell Let's listen to a few examples from Act 2. The second and third movement of this act have a lot of notes written in the score about what's happening in the story. I'll play these and then talk over the track where the score has a particular marking. This is the part of the story where Siegfried spots a swan, tries to shoot it, but then learns the truth of who these swans are. Here the score states, prince sees swan. The prince prepares to shoot. Swans disappear. The score says that the girls tell the prince evil is what you are hunting for. This section is marked as Odette's story. Here's the appearance of the owl or the evil Rothbart. Tells the prince one must marry me. This movement is marked with the note, A Line of Swans. Here is marked Odette's words to her fellow swans, Stop it, he is kind. We just heard the second and third movement of Act Two, which contain a lot of indications of what is happening in the plot here, as our main character meets the Swan Maidens, including the beautiful Odette, as well as the wicked owl sorcerer Rothbart. We're listening to a recording of the London Symphony Orchestra under Andre Previn. Let's hear a few more movements from this act. These are two short subsections of the next movement, one marked as Odette solo, and the other marked as the Dance of the Little Swans, one of the most recognizable parts of the score. We just heard Odette's Solo and the Dance of the Little Swans. From the fourth movement of Act Two, we're exploring Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake, which will be performed soon at Armstrong Auditorium. Next, let's hear the final movement of Act Two, which would precede the intermission for our event. Again, we're hearing a recording of Andre Previn conducting the London Symphony Orchestra. You are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. In today's episode, we are exploring Tchaikovsky's most famous ballet, Swan Lake, in the lead-up to its performance by the Russian National Ballet at Armstrong Auditorium on January 29th. We've talked briefly about the ballet company coming to Armstrong, but have generally been focusing on the ballet music itself today. We just heard the final movement of the second act of this four-act work. The concert will be divided into two halves, with Acts 1 and 2 being on the front side of the intermission and Acts 3 and 4 on the other side. We are listening to a recording of the London Symphony Orchestra under the baton of Andre Previn. Let's continue our exploration of the plot and some great musical moments. Act three takes place in the great hall of Prince Siegfried's castle. The castle resounds to the clamor of festivities. Renowned princesses from Hungary, Russia, Spain, Italy, and Poland are presented to the prince. He must choose one of them as his bride in order to strengthen his authority and consolidate his power. However, in none of these royal heiresses does he find a maiden comparable to Odette, to whom he has lost his heart. He rejects them all. Rothbard appears with a princess remarkably like the prince's beloved— He bewitches the prince into believing that this domineering and cunning maiden is in fact the Queen of the Swans. Even her name, Odile, sounds like Odette to the prince's ears. He chooses her as his bride, and at the same time he sees a vision of Odette. And he understands that Rothbard and his daughter Odile have tricked him, and in despair he leaves the palace. This act contains so many great musical moments, particularly how Tchaikovsky depicts the princesses from the five various countries. Tchaikovsky uses folk elements from each of these cultures to depict these various countries. Let's hear the first two of those next. First is the movement marked Hungarian Chardash, which has a slow section followed by a very quick section. After that, we'll hear the movement marked Russian Dance. It will be easy for you to tell when this begins, because this movement is dominated by a violin solo. just heard the movements marked Hungarian Chardash and Russian dance to depict the princesses and visitors from those countries in the third act of Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake. Let's hear the next two countries represented. These movements are marked Spanish dance and Neapolitan dance, respectively, representing princesses from Spain and Italy. You'll hear the castanets in the Spanish dance, which is marked Tempo di Bolero. The Italian dance is distinguishable by its feature of the trumpet solo at the beginning of this dance. Again, we're hearing Andre Previn conducting the London Symphony Orchestra. (laughs) just heard two movements from Act Three of Swan Lake by Peter Tchaikovsky representing the princesses and visitors from Spain and Italy at this gathering for Prince Siegfried, the hero of our story. Siegfried has been shown princesses from Hungary, Russia, Spain, and Italy. We have one country yet to represent musically, which is Poland. Tchaikovsky depicts this through a well-known Polish dance form known as the mazurka. You are listening to Music for Life. I'm your host, Ryan Malone. This is KPCG. In today's episode, we have explored Tchaikovsky's most famous ballet, Swan Lake, in the lead up to its performance by the Russian National Ballet at Armstrong Auditorium on January 29th. We talked briefly about the ballet company coming to Armstrong and the history of the ballet itself, but generally have focused today on the ballet music, as well as a synopsis of the plot. We just heard the mazurka from Act 3, the scene where various princesses of neighbor Lands are brought before Prince Siegfried to be considered for marriage. The Mazurka, being a famous folk dance from Poland, represented the princess from that country. In Act Three, the prince doesn't choose any of these princesses, though, but Odile, the princess that Rothbart tries to get Siegfried to marry, so that he won't marry Odette and break the curse on the ladies he has trapped as swans. Act four is at the lakeside. Night falls again on Swan Lake. The maidens are anxious, for if the prince does not fulfill his vow to set them free, they will be doomed to everlasting captivity. Our antagonist raises a raging storm to conceal the Swan Lake behind a screen of dark clouds, but the prince rushes headlong through the storm to Odette. Inspired by true love, the prince overcomes all obstacles, and the spell cast by the evil sorcerer is dashed forever on the rock of true love. We're going to conclude today's program by hearing the end of the penultimate movement, which includes this storm, and then this leads to the final movement, recalling our main Swan Lake melody in the melancholy key of B minor, but ending triumphantly in the majestic, key of B major. Before we hear that, keep in mind that more information about this event and all Armstrong Auditorium events can be found at armstrongauditorium.org. You can follow Armstrong on social media, and you can follow this program at the handle musicforlifepcg. Special thanks to Alexa Turgeon for all her research support with today's episode, and thanks to Seth Malone for his assistance in translating the Russian plot notes on the score. So here it is, the final storm and then the final movement from Peter Tchaikovsky's ballet Swan Lake in the recording we've heard today from Andre Previn conducting the London Symphony Orchestra. I hope you enjoy, and I hope to see you soon at Armstrong.